Welcome to A Shower of Roses. I'm Jenna, your host. On this podcast, we read together the readings for the upcoming Sunday Mass in the Roman Catholic Church, so that when you walk into Mass on Sunday, you feel enlightened and empowered with the knowledge of the Gospel that you need to have a meaningful and personal experience with Christ every week. I'm Catholic, but you certainly don't have to be to listen to this podcast. The Gospel is for anyone, anywhere, at any state of life. We're so glad you're here. Welcome back to the podcast. Today we are going to read the readings for January 26, 2020, which is the third Sunday in Ordinary Time in year A of the Roman Catholic Church. This week I am joined by a very special guest, uh, my friend Megan. Megan, how are you? Good. Thank you so much, Jenna. Thanks I'm so excited much for to be here. I'm so excited to have you. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what your life with Jesus looks like? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I am a focus missionary. I'm the team director at Nickel State um, in Louisiana, in Thibodeau, Louisiana. And like I said, I've been a missionary for four years. But before my time with focus, um, yeah, my life did not look so so Christ-like. Um, in college, I struggled a lot to find my identity in other things. Um, I was raised Catholic, but just kind of went through the motions growing up. And so when I got to college, um, just really struggled with identity crisis. And finally met this girl who invested in me and just never really gave up on me, um, who was involved in focus. And she invited me to Bible study where I didn't, even, I just didn't really know that people read scripture. I didn't know that was the thing that people did. Mm. Um, especially Catholics. I did not know that's something that we yes, did. <laughs> we get such a bad rap for that. Yeah. Um, and so I started reading scripture with these women, uh, who are striving to live Christ-like. And it was so beautiful, and it just really transformed my my worldview. Um, and I started going to Focus events and Focus Bible studies and being involved with the missionaries and going to daily Mass. And pretty soon I was reading Scripture on my own and praying, um, all because this one woman just took the time to invest in me. And so um, through through her investment, I um, had a huge conversion to back to the faith and started practicing and investing in my own women, leading to my own scripture studies, and became a missionary after I graduated from Texas State in San Marcos, Texas. And yeah, I've been in Louisiana ever since. <laughs> so you've been at the same college year all four of your years with Focus. Yeah, which usually doesn't happen. So right. it's been a huge gift. That's awesome. <clears throat> and so how do you feel like, if you don't mind my asking, yeah. I have two questions. First, where did you inc- where did you meet that girl? Um, I actually met her in the organization I was in. Um, so we were, it was called Bobcat Bells. Um, it was like an organization that did um, admin things for the football coaches. Cool. Um, so we worked and we like gave tours for her new recruits and things like that. And so we were both in that organization and she was like my big sister in yeah. that organization. And, um, yeah, she was actually converting to Catholicism from another religion. Wow. And I was like, this is crazy. You're in college. What are you doing? Wow. Um, yeah, and so she just invited me to retreats and Bible study and to come around the Catholic Center and, yeah, really won me over. That's amazing. Yeah, it was. That's so cool. Um, my other question was, how do you feel like, 
four years, I don't know, like, has there been some sort of like evolution or, um, uh, how is your, I guess, how has your, what's different from year one to year four to you? Like, has God changed or not changed, but has he revealed something different to you? How does, I guess, how does your missionary work look different thinking back to your first year to now? Yeah. First of all, as a first year missionary, you have no idea what you're doing. Um, it's, it's such a, it's an amazing time to really lean on the Lord because like, okay, Lord, I said yes to this. I am relying completely on you because I don't know how to reach these people on this campus that I'm so unfamiliar with. Um, So it was really challenging my first year, but since then becoming comfortable with the culture and with the people, um, the Lord, like there are still struggles, of course, with mission, there's always going to be. Um, But I think that one, understanding the understanding of how to love better every year has, Mm. has really formed me. The Lord is just like, okay, this is a new way to love. This is uh, the way that I'm calling you to love in these situations in um, our formation, I mean, just spiritual reading and reading the scriptures. I've been a missionary for four years. And so um, just like going to daily mass every day, encountering the word of God every single day and learning something new every single day. Um, just him forming me as his disciple through his word and through um, the beauty that that is like my holy hour every day um, mm. has just really transformed my heart. And he's still He's still at work. I'm not by any means perfect. And so he's still at work and and teaching me new things every day. That's awesome. That's so great. Thank you for sharing that with us. I so appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for asking. Of course. Okay. So we are going to jump into the readings for this week. Great. Um, So the first reading this week is Isaiah chapter eight, verses 23 through chapter nine, verse three. Beautiful. Awesome. Okay. Take it away, girl. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. First, the Lord degraded the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtal. But in the end, he has glorified the seaward road, the land west of the Jordan, the district of the Gentiles. Anguish has taken wing, dispelled in darkness, for there is no gloom where but now there was distress. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Upon those who dwelt in the land of gloom, A light has shone. You have brought them abundant joy and great rejoicing. As they rejoice before you, as at the the harvest, as people make merry when dividing spoils. For the yoke that burdened them, the pole on their shoulder, and the rod of their taskmaster, you have smashed, as on the day of Midian. Mm. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I love it. What sticks out to you in that... uh, in that reading, anything that strikes you? Yeah, just this, this like transformation that is happening, um, in this scripture, um, you have brought them abundant joy and great rejoicing, um, from this, from this place of, of, of spoils of despair. Um, he's just bringing them out of, out of this place of darkness, dispelling the darkness. And I think, yeah, for me, this just resonates so, so deeply because I think that there, there is distress in our everyday life. Like you can look around the world today and just see so much distress and so much darkness and gloom um, in the land that we dwell, <clears throat> as it says in scripture. Mm. And um, I think that 
I think that, yeah, there's, there's something beautiful about the Lord bringing us out of, out of that darkness, out of that despair. Um, I had a, a conversation with a friend yesterday that this kind of reminds me of. She, I had had a moment in prayer yesterday where I was just, um, feeling like I was distressed by a lot of things there that we're about to start a new semester. There's a lot of mm. things on my task list, my to-do list. Um, and yeah, I just turned to Jesus at one point. I was like, Jesus, all I feel like I'm praying about is all of these things that I have to get done. And the next, next task, the next conversation, um, I don't even know who I am anymore. That's what I said. Mm. <laughs> and he didn't even let me finish that sentence. And he said, you are mine. Um, and there was so much joy in that. And my friend Haley, um, who was talking to me on the phone last night, she just said, nothing else matters. The distress, the, the task, the to-do list, they don't matter. That is not who you are. You are his and there is joy in that. Um, and so, yeah, I just think that the the Lord literally smashed (laughs) my task list. (laughs) Um, and was like, yeah, that doesn't actually matter. Like those are good things. I'm asking you to do those things, but you are mine. And that is where the joy is. Right. Oh, thank you for sharing that. I love that visual of the word smash. That was what really struck me is that like, it's not even that he just like takes it from them and like puts it on the shelf. He's like, he like smashes it. He's like, no, it's done. It's not important. Get it out. Yeah. Get it out of here. Like I have dominion and, and, and reign over, over all of that. And it's just simply, um, it's just not important. It's just not important in the light um, of what he has done and what he's doing. Right. Mm. I love that. Okay, great. Anything yeah. else that strikes you about this one that you want to talk about? Yeah, I think that's that's pretty much the gist of it for me. Yeah, agreed. Okay, so let's go to the second reading then. Great. Okay, so the second reading is from uh, Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 1 verses 10 to 13 and verse 17. I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree in what you say, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and in the same purpose. For it has been reported to me about you, my brothers and sisters, by Chloe's people, that there are rivalries among you, I mean that each of you is saying, I belong to Paul, or I belong to Apollos, or I belong to Cephas, or I belong to Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, and not with the wisdom of human eloquence, so that the cross of Christ might not be emptied of its meaning. Word of the Lord. Yeah. Anything that strikes out strikes you uh, in this reading? Gosh, I love Paul's writings. I uh. Paul is my guy. <clears throat> um, <laughs> yeah, I think the the phrase that's the whole thing is just so powerful. But is Christ divided? Um, uh. Yeah, I'm like absolutely not. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, so I think that I think that this whole whole thing really resonates with like discipleship with Jesus of like, I belong to, to this person or to this person. We see that so much on campus, um, within focus, um, 
our, a part of our mission is to to make disciples. Well, our entire mission is to yes, make disciples of all nations. Yeah. Um, and so we're raising up these students who become leaders in their faith to to go out and preach the gospel, to go out and to also make disciples of all nations. But they are not my disciples. They are disciples, first and foremost, of Christ. They do not mm. belong to me. They belong to Jesus. And I think that sometimes we can get um, that kind of muddled. I think yes. that sometimes um, we can forget. It's so it's so simple to forget um, that we are followers of Christ and not followers of um, these big Catholic speakers or yes. Um, yes. these big Catholic organizations. Like we are not... We are not, we do not belong to those things. I do not belong to focus. I belong to Christ. Mm. Um, focus is the means at which I evangelize. And so, um, yeah, I just think that that's so, so powerful. Yes. To, to reflect yeah. on. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's about division. Like, um, like at the beginning, he says that there be no divisions among you. So like looking at our own church today, like, we like we can't be a church divided like a church right. divided among itself can never stand mm-hmm. and you know, I, I love what you're saying like we get very into these we love boxing ourselves up for some mm-hmm. reason like you know when people ask like oh are you a pope francis or a pope benedict or and i was like yeah. i don't know i'm cri- like i'm quite catholic like um or <laughs> yeah. like um you know you think about like you know the different types of priests like the jesuits the dominicans the franciscans right. these are all good it's all great but like are you labeling yourself as that or as Catholic, like a follower of Jesus? Like that's gotta be the bottom line. And I think we Mm -hmm. get so caught up in these things, like these nitpicky things that, that divide us instead of, you know, like you're saying, like, um, you know, emphasizing the things that unite us and bring us together and, and, and what's the purpose, like, yeah, what's the purpose of it all? We can't mm-hmm. just be followers of people or of ideas or concepts. Like, are you a follower of Jesus or are you not? Like, that's, yeah. the, that's the bottom line of it. Yeah. It's and I think that there's there's something to be said about, like, those um, spiritualities or those charisms yes. that people yes. take on. Like, they're beautiful. They're incredible. Like you were saying, like, praise God for all the religious orders out there mm-hmm. that, um, that do such good for our church and within our church. But yeah, I think at the end of the day, we are, we are one body, right? Like we are, yes, we are one body in Christ and, um, we're not one body in St. Francis. We're not one body in, um, yep. St. Lucy. Like we, we belong to, to Christ, not these great saints and they also belong to Christ. Right. Um, so I think that's really powerful for me. And then also this last line, um, <clears throat> and not, and not with the wisdom of human eloquence, so that the cross of Christ might not be emptied of its meaning. Um, yeah, I think sometimes we just we get so we get so worried about looking like we know Christ, and we forget to actually be in relationship with Him. And if we are doing it for our own personal gain, or if we are gaining disciples for our own sake, um, or making disciples so that that we are lifted high. Um, then the cross of Christ, like it's emptied of its meaning. That's not why, that's not why Jesus died on the cross. Jesus died on the cross for, for you, all of us, um, to be forgiven, but also to be in relationship with him, to marry us, um, and to, yeah, be complete, com- completely one with us. Um, and so if we're making disciples of ourselves, we're sowing that division, um, or if we're allowing 
people to believe that they're disciples of someone else. Like that's the division that yeah empties the cross of its meaning. That's just so, the powerful image. Yeah. And like, how dare we empty, how dare we empty the cross yeah. of its meaning, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like it's, it's, yeah, it's the, it's the crux of our, it's the crux of our faith. Right. Yeah. I love that line. That's great. Okay. Awesome. All right. Well, shall we venture on to the, uh, to the gospel? Yes, let's. All right. So the gospel this week is Matthew chapter four, verses 12 to 23. Beautiful. When Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and went to live in Capernaum by the sea in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali. That what had been said through Isaiah and prophet, the prophet might be fulfilled land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way to the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who sit in darkness have seen a great light. On those dwelling in a land overshadowed by death, light has arisen. From that time on, Jesus began to preach and say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. As he was walking by the sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea they were fishermen he said to them come after me and i will make you fishers of men at once they left their nets and followed him he walked along from there and saw two other brothers james the son of zebedee and his brother john they were in a boat with their father zebedee mending their nets he called them and immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him he went around all of galilee teaching in their synagogues proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and curing every disease and illness among the people. Mm. <laughs> the last <laughs> sentence is so funny to me because it's, it's so casual. Like he yeah. just went around proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and yeah. curing every disease and illness. No, it's like really short That's one fine. sentence. Like we're <clears throat> summarizing all these massive things that happened and like, right. It just makes you wonder like, Oh, what other stories happen that yeah, are not in there? That you, you just summed it up in one sentence <laughs> more. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Gosh, um, this is yeah a big one. <laughs> it is long. We got like two separate stories. We have the yeah. first, you know, Jesus withdrawing, and then the second, him calling, you know, four of the twelve right here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. anything strike you about this in particular that you found? interesting i always find it interesting when they mention that the prophet um might be fulfilled the prophecy might be fulfilled i always think i always love when our scripture does that for us i think that um if we understand i had a a priest that is a scripture scholar um tell me one time that we have all these veils on our eyes over scripture because of um, the, the, like the context it was written in. <clears throat> and so like, we don't understand necessarily the culture that this was written in because it's an Eastern culture and we are in the Western world. And so that's one of the veils, um, also the translations, but, but the, just the culture alone, we don't understand how much this would mean to the people mm-hmm. of this time period that the prophecy was fulfilled. Um, and we see that throughout Scripture, throughout the Gospels, that the Gospels continuously fulfill um, the Old Testament. And Jesus is constantly fulfilling what 
what he said he would. Um, Mm. And so I just think that even in just um, going to live in Capernaum, um, going to um, these lands, these regions that that he said he would, um, it just is, is so beautiful because it shows that like our Lord, he was so attentive to detail. And I think sometimes we think we like feel forgotten or we feel like the Lord isn't paying attention to us or doesn't notice these small details of our lives or, um, yeah, has forgotten about us in general. And I think that we can see through his fulfillment of the prophecies. He doesn't forget anything. He fulfills Mm -hmm. every, he ties up every loose end. Um, nothing is too small. He could have just like been like, you know what? I can do whatever I want. I can start wherever I want. And he could have, um, but he proves to us that time and time again, that he, He's attentive to us. He's um, he's never going to leave a loose end untied. <laughs> yep. Like all the prophecies of the Old Testament, like hundreds of them yeah. are easily fulfilled in Jesus. It's wild. Right. So um, I just think yeah. that's really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild. Um, I love that he takes that time to withdraw, <laughs> you know, when he hears um, – when he hears that John has been arrested, he withdrew to, to Galilee. Like, mm-hmm. I wonder what that thought for, again, like, you know, there's mm-hmm. so much I wish I could have known, but like, he, I love that even Jesus takes that time to, you know, like step away. Um, yeah. And just to be by himself, like God himself needed time to pray and to yeah. be alone. Um, right. Yeah. I love that piece of it. And it just like shows the relationship that he has with John and how important that relationship was to him. Mm. I think that <clears throat> that helps us understand that Jesus does desire personal relationships with each one of us because his personal relationships were so are so important to him. Um, yes. In this in this message, I think sometimes we get caught up in like, well, we don't matter or what have you. But like this speaks to that too. Of yeah, we do matter. Jesus is. Um, friend um, is arrested here and he withdraws and takes time, time, time away to process that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> anyway, yeah. 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 That's important. And then we have this bit at the end about the calling of the fishermen. Yes. I love this because um, for them to leave their nets and their boats, it's literally them leaving their livelihood. Like, yeah. You know, a boat is expensive. Nets are, all of this stuff is expensive. And, you know, to have them as an investment in your, you know, your trade. And so to just leave your, your nets and to leave your boat um, and your father, you know, the, these two guys are out fishing with their father in an instant, like immediately, it just makes us how amazing and convicting must just the presence of Jesus have been, had been. Mm-hmm to convince all four of these guys to just drop it all and just not care and to just go and follow him. Yeah. Um, And I really think, I really think that, um, just like thinking about the way that they responded so abruptly, um, can, can it instill fear in us? I think of like, well, is that what I'm called to do? I can't do that. These were apostles. These men were, were great. These men were noble. Um, but the reality is <clears throat> that these men were fishermen. And so what that means in this context, again, like the veil um, of scripture being in the context that we don't understand, we wouldn't understand this, but um, the reality is these men <clears throat> were not, if they were 
um, very knowledgeable or very well-off men, they would not be doing um, this trade. They would not be taking part in the fisherman trade. They would actually be in school. They would be um, <clears throat> teachers. They would be rabbis. They would be Pharisees. Um, right. They would be scribes. They would be in these higher-up positions rather than in this, yeah, this trade that is not seen well right. in this culture. <clears throat> and so these men are not the highest of the high. They're not the noble men. It, it wasn't easy for them to let these things go. These things did, co- it did cost everything for them to lower their nets and follow Jesus. Um, and I think that, that it's still scary, but I think that it gives us some hope that, okay, if these average Joes, these normal, uh, sometimes um, disobedient, <laughs> yes. uh, like, flaky men can respond to Jesus' call in this way, then so can I. Um, So I think there's actually a lot of hope there um, that comes from recognizing like who these men actually were um, and their response to Jesus. And I think it's also just recognizing that, yeah, this is Jesus' call for us to drop everything and follow him. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love what you said, that he can use anybody and he, you know, it it glorifies him even more to choose. Not that he does it for glory, but like, you know, how amazing is it to see someone that the the last person you would expect, you know, to be chosen by the Messiah? You know, it's God can use any anyone in any state of life. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Cool. So. Um, looking at all these readings, is there something like a certain challenge or message that you think we should kind of like take into the week out of these? Yeah, I think just reflecting on, um, like where, where are you in your discipleship with Jesus? Like where, where where's your relationship with Jesus at? Um, are you, are you in the very beginning stages? Are you still like in the darkness or feel like you're in the darkness alone waiting for him to come rescue you? Are you feeling the division that Paul speaks about? Um, or are you ready to drop everything and follow him? Just reflecting on where, where you are and what is Jesus calling you to? What is he asking you to do? Uh, and then just to be brave in responding to that Mm. call. Um, just asking him like, okay, what, what is it that you're asking of me? What is it that you um, desire for me? And then just to be brave in that. Saying yes be brave. That. I love it. I love that. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for that. Yeah. Well, Megan, I so <clears throat> appreciate you coming on and talking with me about the readings for this week. Um, Absolutely. Where can people like connect with you? Yeah. So um, I am on Instagram and on Facebook at Megan on Mission. Um, it's spelled a little funny. It's M-A-E-G-A-N. Yes. Um, I'm named after my grandmother. <laughs> and so oh, a little bit strange, but, um, yeah, I use my Instagram and my, my Facebook to, to really just shed light on what missionary life looks like. Um, I was really struck in the past couple of years, um, to use my social media as a place to glorify God, as a place to, uh, to facilitate encounter. Not necessarily, I recognize that social media is not going to um, bring salvation to the world necessarily, but I do think that it's a beautiful place for people to encounter each other and then encounter Jesus through each yes. other yes. Um, and to share graces and hardships and things like that. So um, if you're looking for anything like that, if you want to know more about 
missionary life or what life in Louisiana looks like as a practicing Catholic, <laughs> go ahead and give me a follow. Yes, please do. It's a lovely Instagram. <laughs> That's how I found her. Thank you. And made her come on this podcast with me. Um, <laughs> we'll link to that in um, the show description of this podcast so that you can easily find Megan on Instagram and Facebook. Oh, awesome. Well, thanks so much for doing this, Megan. I so yeah. appreciate it. I really, really do. Thanks so Thank much. Thank you, Jenna. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode. Please be sure to subscribe to the show so that you never miss an episode. And it would be awesome if you could give us a good rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. Those ratings help us get this message of the gospel out to as many people as possible. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at A Shower of Roses and like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash A Shower of Roses podcast. You can also check out a showerofrosespodcast.com for more information about the show or to send us an email or feedback. We'll see you back here next Wednesday. God bless you and have a great week.